are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Network. It's your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked On Network and a Thanksgiving crossover Thursday here. Uh, Cody Davis of Locked On Texans, Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. And today's episode of Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun, it's easy to play, no competing against other players. It's you versus the projections in house. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on your entry. It takes less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy we love prize picks and we know that you will too first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on dolphins texans week 12 crazy to believe it's week 12 already but cody yeah, no. uh good to catch up with you talk a little bit of ball uh how you holding up in the midst of this 2022 season Man, I wish I was doing better. For the second year in a row, we're doing this, and I'm I'm hoping and wishing that I was doing better. This franchise, man, covering it give you a headache. I'm not lying. It's always something going on. Well, and it's 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 weird to be in the position that the Dolphins find themselves in because typically you're sitting around pins and needles. When's it gonna go wrong? What's going to go wrong? <laughs> How's it going to go wrong? It can't possibly go wrong. And then it does. Like the, the Dolphins have tested Dolphins fans for the better part of two decades now with all of these twists and turns throughout the course of the season. But sitting in seven and three coming off of the bye, um, they're looking to, to kind of put their foot back down on the gas. And uh, I'm sure, Cody, if, if I asked you what the biggest storyline is for the Texans, you'd probably tell me it's this. Will they, won't they, <laughs> smoke and mirrors, quarterback situation. Like, is there anything else going on coming into this game, or is that kind of the thing here this week? That's the biggest storyline going into this game. And it was so frustrating sitting there listening to Lovey Smith, sitting there listening to Pep Hamilton, sitting there listening to general manager Nick Casario on Sports Radio 610. Um, Kyle. Every you know, we were going up on a year to when they first gave Davis Mills the title as this team's starting quarterback. For so for almost 365 days, this is a franchise that has continuously came out and showed they support and stuck by Davis Mills. Things hasn't gone well this year, and now all of a sudden it's obvious that this team is moving on from Davis Mills as this team's starting quarterback. Everyone knows it, but they don't want to announce it. And it's just got everybody a little bit frustrating. And when you take a look at Sunday's game, you know, that is the biggest storyline. You know, Kyle Allen is going to start. So you have to look at this from a standpoint is how much better will Kyle Allen make this team? And if not, how much better? Just how much more watchable will he make this team? Because I can't tell you how many times watching this organization throughout the 2022 campaign, whether it be for a quarter, whether it be for a half, or whether it be for a whole entire game, you're sitting there and you're, you're, and you're thinking to yourself that this is a bad football team to the point on Sunday against the Washington Commanders with Davis Mills as a starting quarterback. You only had five yards 
in the first half because you couldn't establish the run. And this came after Davis Mills, quote unquote, called out the offensive coordinator because he wanted to go out there and be aggressive. And on the second play of the game, you threw a pick six. So you you have to look at this game on the Houston Texans side of things and just think to yourself, look, at the end of the day, I still do not see this team winning in Miami, but will they just look more competitive and will they look more so of a competent team with Kyle Allen as this team starting quarterback on Sunday? And Cody, before I get into the storyline for the Dolphins, I would just love to hear your thoughts as as somebody who has observed the team and has been following the team as closely as you have for several years now. When you try to compartmentalize blame, right, and and assessing, they've made the decision that Davis Mills needs to change as far as being the starting quarterback because Mm -hmm. they're not getting the results that they want offensively. How much of that is Davis Mills in execution? How much of that is the attention to detail and coaching, how much of that is the personnel around Davis Mills. I mean, Davis Mills came out of Stanford as a guy who was like a one-year starter. And Mm -hmm. so it shouldn't necessarily be a surprise that there were going to be some growing pains. Is it on Davis Mills to get to the point where we need to make a change or are they looking for a spark or like, how do you perceive the blame, the weight of the blame for the shortcomings offensively in, in at least the last couple of weeks? Um, I think you have to take a look at everybody, you know, and there's been this big debate down here in the city of Houston as to whether or not Pep Hamilton should continue to be the play caller. Now, Lovey Smith came out and said on yesterday that he does not um, plan on changing who's going to take the ham as his team offensive play caller. That is going to continue to be Pep Hamilton. But I say all that just to say, when you go out there and you watch this team play, there are times where you can question the play calling. Like, this this, this, this play doesn't make sense at this particular of the game. I get all that. But at the same time, it is hard to evaluate Pep Hamilton due to the regression of Davis Mills. Now, look, coming into the season, I did not think Davis Mills was going to be all of a sudden a top five, top 10 quarterback or whatever the case might be. But when you go back and you take a look at the five, the last five games of the regular season in 2021, when he took the Helms as his team starting quarterback, you saw promise and you saw progress. And there were so many people, including myself, looked at that and said, you know what? He might not be this team starting quarterback for the future where he could have the title as franchise quarterback. But if if he continues to progress in the way that he did last year, then you could say, okay, he could be this team starting quarterback for 2022, 2023, while we take care of holes around the rest of the team, like fixing your offensive line, getting more um offensive players that's going to boost the wide receiving core fixing the holes on the defensive line like if he's able to be a quality starting quarterback you could focus on those things however davis mills for one reason or, or another has regressed and that is why a big part of as to why the houston texans are in this position and why they are sitting at one eight and one entering week 12 of the regular season so for the dolphins coming out of this game uh i've kind of already poked poke fun at a little bit, but they're in <laughs> recent recent uncharted waters. The last time the Dolphins were 7-3 and three through 10 games was 2002. It's been 20 years since the last time the Dolphins won seven of their first 10 football games. And Dolphins fans had a lot of optimism 
based on the games that they lost. And they came in the absence of Tua Tungvalu with the concussion suffered on Thursday night football against the Bengals. And then the two successive games, those were the games that they lost. And, you know, Miami coming out of this game, very suddenly the, the, the narrative before the season was make the playoffs, win a playoff game. Those are the expectations. Well, now suddenly you're looking at the schedule. You've got a number of divisional games left on your schedule. You got to go to Buffalo. You got to go to New England and you host the Jets. Uh, you have this game coming out of the bye week where you have a chance to kind of get everybody refreshed. But after this game, you've got a three-week stretch where you're on the road in San Francisco, Los Angeles against the Chargers, and the Buffalo Bills. And that's the next three weeks after this game. So looking at the big picture, it's changed for Miami at 7-3. and three. You know, th These are expectations and, and an air of competitiveness that Miami largely hasn't tasted in the last two decades. So... I think the team understands the weight of this opportunity and coming out of the bye week, there has to be a sense of urgency for the Dolphins to get back to the momentum that they carried into the bye week with the four game winning streak, because the rubber is going to meet the road here in December. And we're going to find out a lot about the Dolphins, but with a team like the Texans who have been struggling to find their footing coming to South Florida, there's, there should be, a certain level of focus, and this is the NFL. The question is, first-year coach in Mike McDaniel, how ready can he get the guys to be to play this game with the sense of urgency that they need with the big picture in mind? And if that takes care of itself, you'd like to think that the home field advantage and the talent discrepancy between the two teams with Houston as a rebuilding roster versus the Dolphins will tilt the margin in the Dolphins' favor. But like I said, it's the NFL, and any given week could be the week that some team wakes up and decides they've had enough, and if you don't take them seriously, you're going to be in for a dogfight, and that's the challenge. That is the latest hurdle for the Dolphins to clear to avoid being the same old Dolphins, which is hmm. you're just waiting for it to go wrong. So that, for me, coming out of the bye week, obviously you didn't have a game to talk about last week, is the big question is, okay, did you drink too much of the Kool-Aid or are you guys ready to go? And that, that for the Dolphins is the big hurdle that I think a lot of people uh, in South Florida are going to be really interested to see. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins and Locked on Texans is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour to the complex engine called you. Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. Could not be simpler. There's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist for you. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. So, Cody, let's let's talk matchups in this game. I, I know Houston has a young team. They've got a lot of young guys that they've invested in recently. I know uh, Derek Stingley's been dealing with a hamstring injury, mm. but 
You got Jalen Petrie in the secondary. You got Damian Pierce toting the rock like one of the angriest dudes in the league. When you look at this matchup for Houston, who are a couple of the key names that are going to have to play their best football for this contest if Houston's going to get this thing done? It's not even a question on, you know, who has to play their best football. I think it just comes down to the one guy that is going to be available or not, and that's Derek Tim Lee Jr. Um, he missed Sunday's game against the Washington Commanders and, you know, due to a hamstring injury. On yesterday, he did not practice, and I'm looking at this from a standpoint. If Derek Stingley is not ready to go come Sunday against Jalen and Tyreek Hill, this could really be an uglier matchup for the Houston Texans. And, you know, I understand that Derek Stingley has not had the phenomenal rookie campaign like like Sauce Gardner has had in New York. And a big part of that is because he is playing in a system, um, in Lovey Smith's system, where he continued to stick by this Tampa 2 defense, runs a lot of coverages, um, zone coverages, and he he has not orchestrated a defense that is suited to David um to Derek Stinley's best attribute as a one-on-one man man covered um defensive back um like we saw Robert Sala has done in New York with Amal Sauce Gardner. However, even with all of that in play, Derek Stinley Jr. has still had somewhat of a solid um defensive rookie campaign this year um me and my co-host john talked about this a couple days ago i can't remember if it was on monday or on tuesday show but we talked about how Derek Stingley and Jalen Petrie, even though they are not playing at their best, you can definitely tell that those two guys has definitely enhanced the Houston Texans secondary. And without Derek Stingley Sunday against the Washington Commanders, you saw a different secondary going out there on the field, especially the second half of that game. Now, you take a look at the fact that they're going up against arguably, if not the best, um, two-headed wide receiving tandem in Jalen and 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 um Tyreek Hill, I, I'm looking at this from a standpoint. If Darius Stanley doesn't play, things could get really bad for the Houston Texans moving forward. And, and you mentioned that Tampa two defense that Lovey Smith ha- has historically run and continues to run. And I wanted to ask you about the linebackers because you got a lot of a da- uh, lot of youth in that group with you know, Christian Harris as a third round pick and. Jake Hansen is a UDFA and even guys like Blake Cashman and, and Jalen Reeves Maven, who's traditionally been a special teams guy as kind of the, the core names that aren't Christian Kirksey as the vet of that linebacker room. How have they spaced the middle of the field? Because that's really where Miami has found so much of their success in the passing game as they press you vertically off the line of scrimmage, but they run these in-breaking routes from 10 to 19 yards and they find soft spaces in zones. So how have those guys been able to complement what the corners are doing and obviously with the safeties on the roof? Terrible. Just terrible. And that's another thing that I'm looking at because Lovey Smith, Tampa 2 defense, every single quarterback has killed the Houston Texans attacking the soft zone of the defense. And Kyle, you're going to see it on Sunday. There's going to be several times where – the, the coverage that Lovey Smith is running out there, there's going to be several times where you're going to see um, Tool's target just basically sit wide open in, in the middle of the field because that's the soft part. And for some reason, Lovey Smith does not feel the need to change, his up, to change up his defense. You asked me about the linebackers. 
the only linebacker who who has had somewhat of a little bit of a success in this Tampa 2 defense has been Christian Harris. And that's only because this has been, what, his second maybe? Um, no, Sunday was his third game going into his fourth um, career game with the Houston Texans because he missed majority of the season um, with a hamstring injury. But that when, when I take a look at Tua, and, and you, you could attest to this as well, that's Tua's favorite spot of the field. And he is going to murder the Houston Texans on Sunday because every single quarterback, whether it be um, Matt Ryan from week one, whether there was times where Justin Fields, at, when he was still struggling early on in the year, you know, so many quarterbacks for two years now have killed the Houston Texans attacking that middle zone, that, that middle zone of the defense. And it's going to happen again on Sunday. And once again, you're looking at a situation where Lovey Smith isn't orchestrating a defensive scheme that is suited to his players' best defensive attributes. So we, we've talked about the coaches, and I know you mentioned Pep Hamilton, but I wanted to talk about this running game that, that Houston does have, where if you're looking for bright spots, obviously Damian Pierce and how well he's run hmm. the ball is right up there. You know, he's among the rookie leaders in rushing yardage. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how he's had success. What are they doing to get him going? Uh, and, and how are they able to, and I know this did not happen against Washington, but how are they able to keep him involved in games as games stretch from 15 minutes to 30 minutes to 45 as you get deeper in the game and you start kind of looking up at the scoreboard and asking yourself what, what kind of urgency we have to try and put points on the board in a hurry. Damian Pierce, <laughs> me, me, me and my co-host John, we joke a lot. If there was an MVP on this team, it definitely has to go to Damian Pierce. He is basically the only reason why the Houston Texans offense have been able to score points this year and sustain drives and 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 just make this team watchable at times. And when you go back to Sunday's game, he had his worst game by far. I think he had like 10 carries for eight yards or vice versa. But the one thing that I've noticed about Damian Pierce in that game is the fact that his performance wasn't his fault. It was more so the offensive line, especially the rookie Keon Green. Um, Keon Green is going through a tough learning curve right now. And, you know, the last couple of weeks, it has been very bad for him. And, of course, Sunday was by far his worst performance. And the reason why Keon Green is so important is because the Houston Texans, he enhanced the Houston Texans offensive line in their run blocking. I mean, if you ask me, I think he is, if not their best, no lower than his second best run blocker because that's his best on-field attribute. And on Sunday, he could not create any type of gaps, which means there was a lot of times by, there was a lot of times to where when Davis, not Davis Mills, when Damian Pierce got the ball, the, the 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 defensive line unit was already in the backfield, so it made it hard for him to 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 create plays like he normally do. But outside of that game, this is a guy. Every time he struggled with something early on in the season, he had a problem with fumbling the football in the game against the um, Chicago Bears. He fixed that early on in the year. There was a there was a problem with his um with his pass protection. He fixed that, and not only that, this is a guy who runs hard. 
and he could run through contact as well. I mean, just take a look at one of, if not the best play of the season for the Houston Texans when he had opportunity. I believe he rushed for 20 yards and he broke like eight or nine tackles in the midst of things. Like Damian Pierce is just a, he he is already has the title as the best running back since Arian Foster in Houston Texans history. I'm eager to see how the Dolphins choose to defend him. They obviously had the Browns uh, ahead of the bye, and they ran a lot of bare and, and tight fronts where they, they take interior three linemen, and it's usually Wilkins, Zach Sealer, and uh, Raekwon Davis on the nose. And they'll put Davis head up on the center, and then they'll have either two four eyes or two three techniques where they're covering those uh, those B gaps with putting a body in every single gap. And they'll have the, the center, uh, they're kind of, lock you into going man on man on the center and then uh, having Wilkins and Sealer play in the B gap and aside of a 33 yard run that, that Nick Chubb had where he got the boundary and broke a tackle from UDFA uh, safety Verone McKinley about 12 yards upfield uh, that went for 33 total yards they did a really nice job his other 10 carries were 10 for 30 yards against Nick Chubb so I'll be interested to see if they kind of bring the same defensive structure into this game against Houston uh, but the last couple of weeks, they've gotten a little bit back more into the man-to-man coverage shells on the back end because they're looking at the wide receiver cores of Chicago and Detroit and Cleveland. And they're saying, well, we got Xavier Howard, so we're going to put him on the best guy and we'll go man across the board. And, and we're going to force quarterbacks to throw into tight windows in man coverage because we feel like even though we don't have all of our corners, we can play man-to-man on our money downs. And they, they've had some success doing that. Justin Fields killed him on third downs just by using his legs and getting off the spot. So uh, be interested to see how they test Kyle Allen if they choose to bring that same formula into this contest uh, that they have the last couple of weeks. But that's the recipe that I would expect to see from Miami. And then it'll be on Houston and Brandon Cooks and Davis Mills or Nico Collins in a contested catch situation to you know win at the catch point and and force Miami to get out of that by making a couple plays down the field either with speed vertically stacking guys or potentially with Nico kind of posting somebody up which they have the potential to do uh, but I think it is important for Houston to hit on a couple of those early in this football game uh, if they want to kind of set a tone in which they're going to have a competitive stretch. Uh, throughout the entire course of the game, because I think if Miami puts up 14, 17 points in a hurry, which they're certainly capable of doing, that's not the recipe that you you want if you're Houston coming into this game to have to go against this defense in that regard. Hmm. Our friends over at BetOnline.net are your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From football to basketball to soccer to esports, they've got it all over at betonline.net. And if you love sports, you can find sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline as well. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. If you've thought about securing your home with home security and have been putting it off, please stop, listen, listen up right now. Crossover Thursday listeners here on Locked On Dolphins and Locked On Texans can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, so you do not want to miss it. Simply Safe in an emergency has 24 7 professional monitoring agents that use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, capture critical evidence, and verify that the threat is real at your home so you can get the priority police response that you need. 
Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, and smarter ways to detect motion that alerts you only when the threat is real. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, you can stay completely in control of your system anytime, anywhere, armed, disarmed, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust your system settings. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that we would recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL because there is no safe like Simply safe. So, Cody, it's uh, it's the end of the road here, which means it's usually time for us to do some predictions for this football game. So, as the visiting team, I'd, I'd give you the courtesy of choosing the coin toss here. Do you want to go first or second for predictions here for Sunday's game? Um, I go, I go first. You know, my prediction is is fairly simple. There's really nothing to look forward to with this game for the Houston Texans. I mean, yes, there is the Kyle Allen um, side of things because, look, I I do believe he will make this team watchable, but I also do believe that the Houston Texans still will not have enough to stop, you know, one of the teams that's been one of the best teams in the league all season. So, you know, on Sunday's matchup, I'm going to go Miami 27 to seven i do believe and you know that the texans defense they've been holding their own at times and that's part of the reason why a lot of these games have have been one score losses for them however if Derek stingley jr isn't able to go to at least help contain the dolphins wide receiving core um i do believe things might get ugly but kyle before you give your prediction i do want to ask you a very important question okay how great has it been to see Tua thrive in year three? Because I remember last year when we did this, yep. it was right after the trade deadline. And I said, just give my boy a chance. And Miami finally gave him a chance. And now he's MVP candidate. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's such a surreal turnaround and you know i've been very patient and deliberate and there's been some diehard mm-hmm. dolphins fans that were like hey like mr incomplete evaluation <laughs> you didn't believe and like yeah i mean you go back and read my draft report the year that he came out for draft network like i love to when he came out and um it we talked one time with quarterbacks coach jordan palmer who's worked with a lot of really successful quarterbacks he worked with Josh Allen is kind of like the guy right now. He worked for a stretch with Joe Burrow. And what we asked him is we asked him two things that I think are relevant to the Tua discussion right now. We asked him, what is the number one common trait for all high-level successful quarterbacks? And he says, it's not arm strength. It's not athleticism. It's not mobility. It's confidence. Mm -hmm. And you think about the position that the Dolphins had put Tua Tagovailoa in all throughout the 2021 offseason, all the way through the trade deadline <laughs> with Brian Flores, and it breeds anything but confidence, right? So then mm-hmm. you get to the end of the season, they make a change, they bring in Coach McDaniel, they get Tyreek Hill, they spend all offseason gassing him up, and everybody's like, yo, okay, Tyreek, like, keep, keep talking that talk, talking up Tua. And then lo and behold, like, you see a different person. You, you, I mean, you literally see a different person in practice clips. He was just mic'd up for the Browns game. You, you saw a different person watching the mic'd up clips for him and how he operates on the field, how he interacts with his teammates, the discussions he's having with his coach. It's really eye-opening. 
And I came back to that point by Jordan Palmer that was, it's about breeding confidence and then incubating that confidence so that you can sustain it. And what we've seen from Tua this year is a level of confidence that he hadn't had since he ripped off second and 26 in the natty against Georgia when he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. And, and that has been one of the biggest catalysts for his success, which I think is really cool. And the other thing that he said, and I think about this for, uh, for Davis Mills, and I think about this for Zach Wilson up in New York, and I think about this for a lot of, a lot of young coaches. He said teams bust on players more often than, or teams bust on quarterbacks more often than quarterbacks actually bust on the team themselves. So you think about not breeding confidence and you think about not addressing the Watson rumors and the way in which Brian Flores was so quick to dismiss and say, two is our quarterback. That's it. No further questions. It was his default answer to anything that was, was questioned uh, about that situation. And you look at the personnel that they had versus what the style of play that Tua had at Alabama. Well, he was used to throwing a really speedy guys who won early in the rep and, and gave him confidence to, is it there? Yes or no. If it's there, yes, balls out. If it's not, no, okay, I'm very quickly going to get to my second read. Well, with these slower guys and these, these guys who don't separate as much, Tua's getting stuck on the reads a little bit because he's waiting for the route to develop before he has to make a decision. So it's like reading right to left instead of left to right. You know, your body mm-hmm. and your brain can naturally process it so much quicker if you go a certain way versus a way that you're not used to. So the personnel changes that they've made and, and they took calling protections off his plate, which was an expectation that he had under Brian Flores. And I get it, dude. You spent 20 years coaching in New England and Tom Brady was your only expectation on what an NFL quarterback <laughs> is supposed to look like. But dude, like wake up. That's not how everybody operates. Exactly. And it felt like that was the standard that he held to it to as a young quarterback was, bro, you got to be Tom Brady because that's how I know how to win. And when that didn't happen, the divide grew and the Dolphins made the decision that they did. And seeing them not bust Tua to allow him to then fulfill the self-fulfilling prophecy of not being up to his potential um, is a really important part of this storyline for, for Miami. And Cody, I'm, I'm glad you remembered saying, give my guy Tua a chance. <laughs> um, because, it, man, it, it is such a, a crazy 365-day path since the last time that we had a chance to talk. I know it's a little bit, li- little bit longer than that, but not too far off. So uh, it's night and day. It really is. Um, as far as the game, I'm going to give Texans a little bit more credit than you are. I'm going to say they <laughs> score 16 in this game. I think they get a couple scoring drives together. I think Kyle Allen gets some life in this team. Uh, I do think Miami's probably going to put up they, – they've scored 30 in, four, or in three straight, looking to make it four. So give me 31-16 Dolphins in this contest. So a two-score game. Uh, but, but the big thing for the Dolphins is turnovers and sacks. They've mm-hmm. turned the ball over once in the last four games and they've given up two sacks in the last four games. So those are things for Houston. If you want to get Miami off your script, you got to instill negative plays when the Dolphins have the ball, whether that's self-inflicted for Miami of lack of attention to detail, bounces of the ball, or you forcing those errors yourself. I think those are really critical for Houston uh, to make this game be the kind that Houston can look up in the fourth quarter and say, hey, I think we got a chance to win this football game. No, they don't. No, they don't. Listen. No, they don't. It's the NFL. It's the NFL. Yeah, it's the NFL. Any given Sunday. All of that is true, except for (laughs) Houston. Man, that that statement was more true for the Texans last year than it is this year. Like, I think this year is more so of a mess than last year was. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, uh, I, I know I speak for, for Dolphins fans who lived through a, a rebuild that had some questionable moments early on in its infancy. We, we hope you guys get it turned around, and, and we look oh, forward to to hopefully doing this with some first-place matchups on the schedule in years to come, for sure. But, Cody, <laughs> yes, sir. it's been great chatting with you, dude. Uh, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody listening has a great Thanksgiving, and I hope you guys enjoy the game. You too, man. Crossover Thursday here on Locked On Network. That's it. We're out of here. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Texans for all your Texans needs, Locked On Dolphins for all your Dolphins needs, and check out every show that we have on the Locked On Network. We have all of your sports, your team every day. Thanks for listening.